Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Untitled Hoops podcast. We're a little bit late this week. That is because on the day that we usually record, there was an actual game going on. So uh, if you don't know already, if this is the first time here, welcome. Hey, how are you? Grab a snack. Oh, sure oh, oh, also, subscribe. you're going to well, be here for a while. Sean, I don't want to cut you off, but like subscribe to the channel. We've been getting a lot of engagement, like a lot of engagement. Yes. Um, our last couple of videos, I think they both hit like more than what we typically typically get. So there's a lot of uh, people watching us more. Subscribe, you know, stay, stay tuned to yep. us. I'm sorry, Sean, go back to what you were doing. Yep. Make sure to subscribe, hit the like button and hit the notification bell. So you are notified when we upload. Um, if you're on YouTube, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, if you're the two people that use Google Podcasts, hey, welcome. Make sure to make sure to follow us. Make sure to add us to your favorites. Um, no disrespect to Google Podcasts. I'm sure they have more than two listeners, maybe six. Uh, but anywho, this is the uh, podcast where we talk about basketball, mainly the NBA, uh, mainly the 76ers. However, we are in the middle of the playoffs right now, so we have a lot to cover. Uh, some stuff most stuff playoff related, but then also some stuff not so playoff related because uh, to start us off, Marquise, did you know that over the uh, past couple of days, the Toronto Raptors, Masai Ujiri brought in a potential head coaching candidate to uh, fill the role that was vacated by Nick nurse, JJ Redick. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, JJ talked about it um, in like one of his clips of his, uh, his podcast of his uh youtube channel on old man of three um he talked about it briefly um toronto raptors have brought in 13 candidate candidates Mm -hmm. the most in um you know i'm and the most that we have known of for a head coach job normally the guy with the people they interview is probably like five candidates and normally one of those candidates normally get the job kind of quick because they're a young team and they're trying to get the Mm -hmm. coach in so they can know what moves to make because they have a lot of decisions to make the toronto raptors uh, Becky Hammond right. was one. Um, I think one of their like three of their assistants. Um, they they uh, interviewed. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I did know that. Uh, and it's very. It, they have a lot of people to choose from, and um, I don't understand why. Because uh, I think it's like four coaching jobs that are up for grabs. Why more don't consider Becky Hammond because she's won at every level. Yeah, there, there were a few. Some of them have been filled. Obviously, the Rockets uh, picked up Emil Doka. Uh, uh, I believe the Bucks are still vacant. Um, the Toronto Raptors. Uh, man, there's a few. And also, I think. Um, my fault. JJ Redick is a surprise no, because he's not a person like you think of when you think of coaches. But then again, you have that Steve Kerr effect, where like a role player, yeah. you know, what I mean a, a yeah. shooter, a guy who's really assigned to one thing can become one of the best yeah. coaches because he's he knows the uh, the aspects of the game um a little bit deeper um not necessarily the point guard well, but uh yeah it definitely surprised me yeah well here's the thing that surprised me about it and i think it, you use Steve Kerr as an example and i think that's a great example Steve Kerr at least had some coaching experience like he had he was an assistant coach yeah um also Steve Kerr was like off for a while where he kind of didn't do anything no, like was, basketball related. He was, he was the GM of the Suns for, I mean like immediately after his retirement. When did he retire? Playing? Like 2003 or something like that. I think so. 
Um, but either way, I mean, obviously times were different then, but JJ's still been like relative. He's been relevant. He's been obviously doing his podcast. He's been involved in the media for pretty much the entire time that he's been in retirement. Um, there's never really been, at least as far as I know, much a, like interest from him as far as becoming any type of coach, whether it's an assistant coach or head coach or whatever, even at the college level. Or like you would think that JJ might be a great opportunity, great uh, uh, candidate for the Duke head coaching job. Obviously, the guy that they chose, another former Duke player, national championship winner, you know, like he's a great choice. But you would think that if JJ had any interest in coaching, he would at least put his name in that hat first before interviewing for an NBA coaching position. Now, with that being said, obviously everybody who knows JJ who played with him have all stated that he will be a great coach, um, knows the game in and out, obviously was a player, NBA player for 15 years. He knows the business. He knows the, the league. He knows a lot of the players that are still playing, the GMs, the coaches, um, a lot of connections still, but also just, you know, extremely experienced in like the NBA lifestyle or whatever, uh, was a great veteran for multiple teams, knows how to relate to younger players, um, obviously knows how to relate to veterans as well. So I do think JJ would be a great, a great head coach for any team. I, it just sucks because I would have wanted him to be an assistant for the Sixers first. Mm -hmm. Um, he did, he um, did have obviously a... having played under Doc Rivers as well. I think that would have worked pretty he, well. He did have a, a job, a coaching opportunity. Um, straight out of retirement, um, the Celtics wanted him to be to come upon and uh, come on their team and be a coach. Um, out straight out of Who, retirement, the, Steve, Steve Kerr or is JJ? The, uh, uh, JJ Reddick. Um, they wanted him okay. straight off of retirement to be one of their coaches. Um, and a correction: Steve Kerr retired in two thousand three. He got the job as the Suns GM in two thousand seven. Okay. So about the same about a break that JJ Reddick is getting right now, um, away from. Well, the yeah, game but Steve, a, you know. but Steve wasn't. Was he commentating? Like, was he doing anything basketball related during that time? Like, that's a four year span. Whereas, I, like, JJ's I would, been. I would, I would think so because you go from okay being retired to being a GM. That's a pivotal role. So I feel like there's something right. in between. You know what I mean? There has to be right. something in between. So obviously, we were both pretty young during that time, so we don't really remember. But one hundred percent. Uh, you know, JJ has had his podcast. He's obviously still very much in touch with NBA players. He's, you know, had damn near every player in the league on his podcast at one point. Um, he's still commentating. He's now, you know, working with ESPN. He's calling games courtside. Uh, so, you know, he's still very much involved in like in the league. So it's not, it's not a surprise that he would, he would get the, that consideration. And like I said, Pretty much everybody who knows JJ loves JJ. Um, and um, what's his name from uh, the TNT crew? Kenny. He he fucking interviews yeah. for jobs every year. You know what I mean? I don't think he's really interested. He's just doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? You interested in me? I'll I'll do it. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. So you know, yeah. I do I do think I, um more teams. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, bro. No, no, no. Go ahead. I, I was gonna say the same thing basically. Yeah. Um, I was literally going back to my Becky Hammond point that like. She's literally won everywhere she's gone. And I feel mm -hmm. like if you're going to make a move on her, you got to make it sooner than later. Yeah. And I feel like they want – um, I think it was it was them who said they want a um, a coach before the uh, the draft lottery. 
Yeah. Or before the it's either draft lottery or the NBA draft. It's one of the two because you know they of course they need to think about the direction of their team. Um, mm-hmm. and they want the coach to be, you know, in it. They don't want to have the coach come into a team that is already built for something. They want the coach to be involved in that. And also, it has to be quicker yeah. if it is Becky Hammond because the WNBA season is right around the corner, and you have to give the Aces time to find somebody else to replace mm-hmm. her. Um, yeah, so uh, it would be very weird. Can you imagine if Becky Hammond co- coaches his entire season in WNBA, WNBA and then goes to the NBA <laughs> and then coaches the Raptors. That'd be fucking insane. Um, it would be insane, but I think that would be one of the few cases where everybody involved would be very, very much happy for Becky Hammond. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Like even the Aces players, like you're you're making history for real. Like think about it. First time as a head coach, um, WNBA wins the championship. First mm-hmm. time. Now they got kind of a they kind of got a like a super team over there in Las Vegas. You got Candace yeah. Parker, um, obviously ages back. You know what I mean? Um, uh, why am I why am I blanking on her name? Kelsey, Kelsey's still there. Uh, Kelsey Jackie Young, yeah. yeah. They they got a they got a little, they got a squad, bro. Um, obviously the Liberty also have a little squad, so that 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 is there. I think that's gonna be like the fucking rivalry for like four or five years. That's gonna be the WNBA yeah. finals. Um, but to to uh, other news. Um, we are in the Eastern Conference Finals. Well, wait, well, hold on a second. Wait a second. Because you brought up something really, really, when you said super team, and obviously we're, we were sort of on the subject of women's basketball, kind of. When you said super team, it, it reminded me of something. Uh, LSU. Yeah. Uh, national championship winning uh, women's basketball team. Uh, they're assembling a super team of their own. Yeah. Uh, as if they didn't already just win a championship. But uh, Haley... Van Leith, is that how you pronounce your last Van name? Van Leith, yeah. Van Leith uh, is transferring to LSU. Uh, so next season, LSU will have Haley Van Leith, Flage, uh, and, and uh, uh, oh gosh, why can I not? Why can I not remember her name? I'm so terrible with names. I know uh, she's just a rapper. Uh, Angel Reese. Angel Reese. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So and you know what? I, I mean, that's a super team. You know what pisses me off? About that, the whole situation. Then we're gonna hop back into like the NBA. They are there, like people going, "Oh, they got all these people just to be Caitlin Clark." No, they got all these people just no. to do it again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They already beat Caitlin Clark. They just doing it again. <laughs> they just doing it. And again. not only that, but they really—I hate to say it, but I, and I've said this on this podcast before. The NCAA tournament, whether it's in women's basketball or men's basketball, is always it's historically been like the, whoever wins is the team that has the best juniors and seniors. hundred percent. It's the team that has the best veteran players. And unfortunately for Caitlin Clark, three of her seniors are gone. So that team has to, they've got some restructuring to do. Um, so regardless of whether LSU got Haley or not, chances are, you know, Haley, like uh, uh, Caitlin Clark, her team was probably not going to produce the same way it did last year. Either yeah. way. Because I only think, like, two people from LSU left. I think it was, like, uh, Alex, right. uh, Alex Morris and, like, somebody else. But um, Their point guard. Yeah, no, that was Alex Morris. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, she got drafted. She got drafted and then, like, got drafted in the second Congratulations round. Congratulations to her, by the way. Oh. Yep. She also got released. What, already? Bro, she got drafted in the second round and got released. Like, that's kind of crazy. That's crazy. Because there's only 13 picks in each draft. 
in each uh, round. And it's like, well, if you drafted somebody, yeah. you kind of have to have a plan for them because, like, basically that's still a first-round talent if you're going to NBA. But that's kind of crazy. But, you know, it is what it is, you know. Minus. So, but the – well, I guess it – damn, that sucks because she was actually drafted. Because remember, the NCAA made that rule where you can apply for the draft, but if you aren't if you aren't picked, you can come back to come back to college mm-hmm. and play again. But she technically was drafted. It's, it's cool. But she, did she sign? Um, I think she signed to a training camp, though. And then obviously, mm. you know, it's right around the corner. The season starts. Yeah. But uh, damn. Let's go into the conference finals. Two teams. We already have uh, a setup date for two teams there. We're waiting on the other half um, to be filled. Um, God. (laughs) So, but hold on. But let's talk about these playoffs as a whole first because these playoffs have been crazy. Like, just the matchups, the the first round matchups were crazy. We, I predicted there were no sweeps. There was only one, and it was ours. Mm-hmm. And now the second round is looking even crazier because every single series has gone to at least six games. This is the first year where the seventh and the eighth seed is in the uh, conference finals. Right. This is crazy. Like upsets galore. If if this this postseason, if, if it could be trickled down to one word, it's fucking health. Yes. Health, 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 bro. Take care of your fucking body because yeah. this shit, I mean, it almost fucked us over. It, like, it almost fucked mm-hmm. us over. I mean, obviously, our, we are still up in the air. Um, Dop not finished yeah. yet. But, like, that, it could have literally fucked us over. Um, yeah. <sighs> if we don't win game one, we probably, the series probably would have ended last at game six. I'm keeping it a buck with you. They could have swept us. They could have swept us. They could have swept us. But let's not talk about because that. Because like, they went on a two-game – they won two straight after we won game one. So, if that still happens, we <laughs> – going down 3-0, like – Not happening. Not ah. happening. Um, but let's, let's – And uh, then we only – then we only won game four because of Harden. Yeah. So – Let's save, let's save that, that one, that series for the end because that's yeah. the one that's still pending. Um, the yep. Miami Heat are going back to the Eastern Conference Finals – after beating yes. the Knicks in six, I had the Knicks winning in six. Keep, keep, keep. I just want people to keep track of my predictions after I list all of them. I had the Knicks yeah. winning in six, and the Miami Heat have won in six, and they're in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, to start us off, I'll start us off with the whole the whole thing. Knicks made a lot of costly mistakes, just like a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of costly mistakes. And in, in Game Five, they almost lost that shit just because they couldn't fucking pass the ball. They couldn't handle pressure right. It kind of looked like yeah. how the Sixers looked in the last two minutes of that blowout where, like, they could not get it across half court. That yeah. – and obviously that game was, like, determined already, and it was scary. Can you imagine being mm-hmm. down four and that shit is happening? But, um, yeah, the Knicks had a hell of a season. Um, uh, What's next for the Knicks? Uh, you got to think Julius Randle is going. You got to. Like, you got to, bro. Like, he kind of was the, the the deciding factor of them not making it over. Um, Jalen Brunson once again showed out and showed the Mavericks that he it, was worth every penny. And um, yeah. 
R.J. Barrett, maybe you you package R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle together and then try to go get something. You got a whole bunch of picks. Um, they constantly have traded back in drafts, so they've acquired a lot of picks. Like So now you put yourself in a situation where like you got Jalen Brunson, who is one of those guys who chills in the regular season but ups his any kind of like a, um, a Jamal Murray ups his ante like his true value is in the playoffs and maybe you do that and you go get to a, a star stop trying to sign yeah. motherfuckers that don't want to be there and give your hopes up go get somebody you know what I mean so uh, Sean how, how do you feel about this what the Knicks should do I, so I had heat in seven which was still wrong <laughs> uh but you know the the one at least, but it's tough. Obviously, the idea of shipping up thing everybody's go to, but the problem is you're really not probably going to get much for Julius Randle at this point, um, considering the money that he's making too. So it's sort of like a Tobias situation where you're really going to have to find somebody who's just willing to take on that contract, knowing you're not getting a superstar in return. Um, so for me, I feel like the best option for the Knicks is really to do more so what the Sixers did, which is try to go get a third guy to really be your second best player in between. Um, for you know the Sixers, obviously they went and got James Harden. They traded Ben Simmons, but you know we were a little bit lucky where at the time Ben Simmons' value was. I mean, it was in the basement, but it was still high enough for you to go and get a disgruntled superstar who wanted out. The Knicks don't really have that. They have R.J. Barrett, which obviously is is a good pick, like for a bunch of teams. I think a lot of teams would like a guy like R.J. Barrett. But again, what are you getting in return? I think the Knicks are going to have to pull the trigger on a pretty big trade, one probably involving some draft picks, some future draft picks. And RJ Barrett and probably Obi Toppin. I would for I'm saying so I'm sorry I don't want to cut you off but like I'm, no, that's what that's what I was saying like have Julius Randle and RJ Barrett. Julius Randle who you could convince the team was third All NBA he just made it third All NBA third team All NBA. RJ Barrett yeah. might need to change the scenery, so you might be able yeah. to convince the team to take Julius Randle to take RJ Barrett and these picks and give us a, a star that you probably don't see, you know, growing in your franchise or you probably – like Stephen A said getting Cat, which is seeable because Cat, yeah. I personally think, is he needs to go because he has to – they have to somewhat get the value, you know, and the draft SX back that they traded for um, Rudy Gobert. They got to get that back because obviously Anthony Edwards is the guy now. And yeah. – um. So like maybe maybe that I don't know if you trade Julius Randle and um, RJ for Cat because I don't know if Cat's value is even that high. Um, and, well, anymore. and there's a fit issue because how does Cat fit next to Mitchell Robinson or does Mitchell Robinson now have to come off the bench because you can't you can't play him before no more. He has different struggles at both positions, so when you have your other sort of young sort of franchise piece and Mitchell Robinson, now you have the question of like, okay, if we go get cat. What do we do with him? We do, we try and play him together or do we end up moving Mitchell Robinson or do we just put him on the bench? You know what I mean? So either way you're running into some, to some issues because 
if you trade Julius Randle and RJ Barrett for Cat, you're really kind of losing three starters because Julius and RJ go, but then you you're sort of losing three starters for one. And also, what I would say with the Knicks is two of your top ten players in terms of contracts, you're not even playing. Derrick Rose is getting paid fifteen million dollars a year. I don't think he's touched the playoff floor except for that win game. Um, and then every four years, getting paid eighteen million dollars a year. So like, you got these contracts where like, you know, they you know you're not using these guys. You're not using these guys. Yeah. Evan Fournier is a fucking Sixers killer. Every time I see him, I just get sad because like he just <laughs> all of a sudden like you can play basketball again. Like it's crazy as fuck. Yeah. Um, but like just just in that like cap space, you, you know, you could clear some shit. They're they're thirty nine million, um, over. Um, and yeah. like you know get rid of a couple contracts you might have to get a couple picks or you might even like if in a big deal you're probably trading you know these guys just to get it off of them and you, who knows what like a team would want just to take on their contracts um Derek Rose I think is a free agent this year but uh Evan Fournier has one more year um and and this shit is I, for them it's it's very weird um because for once they are not going star crazy like they're not mm-hmm. like oh we want kevin durant we want kyrie irving we want this they're they have been humbled in a way where they see that if you you know you build your talent and you you uh you get a, a piece like Jalen brunson who was not like a superstar he's not a superstar but like he comes in and he really gets everybody together and he's really the point guard that you need it and maybe like yeah. you don't need the superstar but you do need another star that is more consistent than a Julius Randle. And it's crazy to think because Julius Randle averaged 25 and 10. But just in the, in the playoffs, there's no way. No, There's no way he's, he's doing that shit. There's no way. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the Knicks have a bright future, but the margin for error is very, very small. They could – Send to be one of the throw away. Um, it could really go either. They'll, those are kind of like the only two options. Julius Randle ever 25 and 10 in a regular season. But and if then, that's the case, you're pretty much just in the same spot forever. Yeah, he averaged 25 and 10 in the regular season and then ever 16 and 8 in the playoffs. You can't have that. <laughs> yeah. That is literally a 10-point yeah, no. difference. Not from your second best player. That's damn near a 10-point difference in points. Yeah. You can't have that at all. No. Not if you're trying to win. Not if you're the second best player and you're trying to win a championship. And then on the other side, the Miami Heat. Um, This is weird to me because I think whoever comes out of our series, the Sixers Celtics, is going to whoop their ass. And it's crazy because what the Heat says, I think so. Be- just just because it's like the Knicks weren't ready, and you would think that the Knicks. The reason I picked the Knicks over the Heat was because the Knicks beat the team at full health that I had them not beating at all, and they did it convincingly. Yeah. That's why I picked the Knicks in the Miami Heat series because they had no Tyler Hero. Jimmy gave them everything, and I didn't know if he could do it anymore. Yeah. So, like, it was logically thinking, yeah. even though I thought, you know, Jimmy, if maybe if Tyler Hero's there, I'm, pro- I'm, I'm definitely picking the Heat to beat them. 
But, like, I just didn't know if Jimmy could do it again, and he did. And he definitely got some help from um, – uh, well, I'm forgetting his name. He was unplayable, and then I'll, Gabe, I'll, Gabe Vincent. Gabe w- Vincent. Um, no, that's not Robinson. Robinson, Robinson couldn't – Oh, Mitchell. Yeah, Duncan Robinson. Duncan, Duncan Robinson, Robinson yeah. could not fucking play. And all of a sudden, he's fucking yeah. Steph Curry. Like, you know what I mean? Like, shit like that. Yeah. Um, that I did not account for because I didn't inspect it at all. I didn't. I just didn't. But like, you know, obviously with Tyler Hero out, Duncan Robinson gets more of an opportunity and a longer leash. Um, and he showed his worth again. Uh, yeah. So like, I didn't. I didn't I, account for that at all. Go ahead. Is it's weird because when the Heat did have their first Finals run back in the bubble, Duncan Robinson was a huge part of that. But since then, they've acquired some other guys, and he's just moved further and further down in the rotation. But what we're seeing now is not necessarily new from Duncan Robinson. It's just, it, it feels like it's coming out of nowhere because he was so unplayable for a while yeah, that now it's like, is he improving or is he getting back to how he was before? Yeah. And I feel like, I don't know if he's, I don't know if it's that. I just feel like opportunity, opportunity. Like if yeah. you, like, he's on his contract, which just looks like a bad contract, and the Miami Heat are trying to trade it, and they can't find nobody who's going to take it because they don't have, like, a first-round pick or they're not trying to attach the second-round picks. And they're like, all right, fuck it, we'll stay with it. And this opportunity come around, and he's really cashing in on Tyler Hero not being there. Um, yeah, but, like, I, di- I didn't expect this at all. Um, Kyle Lowry has stepped up big. Um like I didn't, I didn't yeah. expect that. Like I didn't expect that. I thought it was going to be like the first round series where Jimmy. It was like just Jimmy. It was just Jimmy, and also factor in that Giannis yeah. was injured. That like okay, they gave them some leeway. Knicks bodied the fucking Cavs. I'm thinking okay, the Knicks are going to you know go at Jimmy. They're going to make him tired. But no, the you know the other members of the Miami Heat have stepped up, and I should have known better. Honestly, yep. I should have known better from an Eric Spoelstra team that they were going to find guys and guys were going to step up in those times. So it, that's on me. That's on me. Bad prediction on me. Bad prediction on me. This is going to sound like a weird take, but in my opinion, the Miami Heat are like the evil Golden State Warriors. <laughs> the evil Golden State Warriors. <laughs> like the way Golden State just finds guys that just fit the evil Golden the team. The, they fit the system. They fit the culture. Like, they just fit. Miami does the same thing, but with very different guys. <laughs> like, Miami's like a team of all Draymonds. <laughs> and it's like, just all Draymonds. Miami, yeah, I'll put it to you this way. Miami's like a team of all Draymonds with one Steph or one Jordan Poole, and that's Tyler Hero. And then Golden State is a team of all guys who are, like, moving shooters and, like, you know, and there's one Draymond. So... They're they're literally like the antithesis of the Golden State Warriors. They, they're even at almost opposite ends of the country. <laughs> like yeah, near. they're kind of they're literally like the anti Warriors. Even the dirt, even the jerseys, blue and yellow, white and like black and red. Like <laughs> like they're the opposite. Um, it's like you remember the crimson chin. Yes, <laughs> and, oh, and the, the like megaton version. The megaton. Yeah, <laughs> that's literally what they're what they are. It's crazy. And then they both have, like, these amazing GMs and coaches who are just, like, great schematic, like, you know, coaches. But at the same time, they're also guys who just know how to get the best out of their players. 
it's it's weird. It's weird. Um, moving on to the West, um, the Denver Nuggets beat the Suns in six. Yes. I had the Suns winning. I'm over two. I'm over two. So, I'm pretty sure I picked the Nuggets. Um, and the reason why, honestly, was it kind of was the reason why it ended up going that way, which was just depth. Like the the Suns have virtually nobody. With like with Chris Paul being out, like I said, you're leaning on your top three guys, and one of them kind of doesn't want to be there <laughs> in DeAndre Ayton. So it's like you're really leaning on Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. And don't get me wrong, those are two huge crutches. <laughs> like you can win a lot of games leaning on Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. But in the playoffs, when you're going against a two-time MVP, another guy in, in uh excuse me, in Jamal Murray, who's also had playoff experience, had huge playoff games, 50 points in the bubble. Like, you know, that's a that's a tall order to to deal with for Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, especially when neither one of them are really like above average defenders. So every point that they score, every point that they score, they're probably going to give up a point as well on the other end. So I I didn't really see a world where Phoenix could get out of this series like as the victors, especially going up against the Nuggets, who are the number one team in the West. So, you know, I, I, I hate to say I. I hate to say I predicted it because I didn't quite seeing it see it happening like this. But once Chris Paul went down, you kind of just knew, like, all right, they just don't have the guys. And and um, well, what I I was right about one thing in the series when the 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 Nuggets went up two zero, and I was like, Kevin Durant is going to reintroduce himself, and and they did. They won the next two without Chris Paul. Um, Cameron Payne was a uh, back. He came back from injury, and he was running the point. And they looked yeah. to have some speed, and that really threw the um, the Nuggets off because they're not the fastest team, um, and especially when your your anchor, uh, your anchor or defense is not a defensive player, and he's not a fast yeah. player. He's not getting no chase down blocks. Like he's, you know, what I mean, mm-hmm. when when that's not there, that adjustment is very crazy, and I just didn't account that the 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 Nuggets would play defense. I think that's a lot of reason why I picked the Suns is because I just thought that you know obviously I didn't think it was going to be uh, they were going to, the Suns were going to sweep them. I thought that the just the offense of Devin Booker um, and Kevin Durant together and the game management of Chris Paul and just getting something out of DeAndre Ayton that's literally I was saying getting something out of him like that would have been enough to just overpower them because um, offensively I think they match up a, a lot. Um, but like like you said, the depth it came down to the depth and doing that Kevin Durant trade, you know, trading away Cam uh, Cam Johnson, uh, Mikael Bridges, uh, and uh, Jay Crowder, that that hurt that hurt and it was evident, it was very evident in the yep. series. Um, so yeah, it, the Nuggets are in the Western Conference Finals for I think the second time in five years, if I'm not, because um, no, yes. second time in three years, because they were in it in the bubble. Yeah. And they were yeah. they they lost to the Phoenix Suns, right? No, they yeah. lost to the um they no, lost no, to no. Lakers because yeah. Lakers won the championship. So yeah, the Nuggets are in. Um, and let's hop to the other the other side of the bracket, which was the Lakers versus Warriors. I had the Warriors in sixth. I'm zero three. Um, <laughs> I'm zero three in second round so far. Yeah. Um, 
and the the Lakers won in I think six as well. Yeah. You know what's crazy? I think I had the the Every Warriors series except ours went six. I think I had the Warriors winning six, and they and they lost in six. Yeah. I had the Suns winning in six, yep. and they lost in six. I had the yep. fucking the Heat winning in in uh, losing uh, uh, losing in six, and they won in six. Yep. Like you know, what I mean, if I just yep. would have switched it over, I would have been perfect. <laughs> I would have been perfect. If I would have just switched every single series, <laughs> right. I'd, have, I'd have got them all. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> it, I feel like this yeah. is like God's way of saying shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, yeah. like, shut yeah. up. <laughs> like, um. <laughs> You're getting on my nerves. He's like, he's like, fuck you. You're getting too many right. Here. Fuck you up. Shut up. Yeah. Shut up. Humble yourself. Yeah. You know what it was? You mentioned gambling. When we were at work, you are like, I should start putting money I down. I definitely did. Like, oh, 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 hold on. Hold on. Oh, now. Hold on. Uh, now. Uh, <laughs> you trying to sin over there, buddy? No, buddy. <laughs> you trying Gambling's to a gamble? sin? The fuck? When did this happen? I think it is. In the New Testament? Gambling? I'm pretty sure it is. Okay. Gambling, it was some other stuff too, because gambling was like one of those things that like they did in like Sodom or Sodom and Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. Anyway, but yes, gambling is not typically good. All right. The that's why uh, it's illegal in so many places. We uh we didn't well so going back to signs. I'm sorry. Probably I probably moved on for them a little prematurely. Uh, what's next for them? Um, I really don't think there's much that they should do. Other than no. get more players to fill out that bench, um, you got Kevin Durant, and they got, will. Yeah, you got Kevin Durant, you got Devin Booker, you got CP3. That should be an easy sell um, for yeah. a lot of free agents. Um, and yeah. you got Kevin Durant. For Anybody who wants years. a, f- you literally can just go and do the Warriors pitch of like, hey, you want a free ring? Just sign basically, with us for one year. Basically, get some shooters. Uh, Landry Shamit showed up big, uh, former Sixers yeah. draft pick. Uh, um, I hated seeing him go for t- Tobias, but you know Tobias is here. You know Tobias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need Tobias to show up in Game Seven. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they they got some people. Um, that that did show their head. Um, I think Terrence Ross had a g- a good Game Three. Um, when he finally got minutes. Um, yeah. You forget Terrence Ross is on the Suns. Um, fucking is is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they. I mean, most for the most part, stick together. You know, maybe they entertain the idea of training Chris Paul, but that is one of the reasons Kevin Durant wanted to go there. That game manager, yeah. um, he's not into controversy. You know, he's a point guard that doesn't have much controversy. He's at the end of his career. Yeah. He's not doing too much. He's just doing enough. Um, so maybe you don't just for the sake of, um, you know, just camaraderie. Uh so yeah. mo- moving I on. wouldn't I wouldn't trade Chris Paul. I would literally all you literally have to do is just build, just add, add to what you got. Yeah, that's it. Which in the NBA is easy. Every year there's a whole flock of guys that you can just bring in. Uh, like who knows? Maybe they can maybe they can take a uh, Montrez Harrell off our hands. Yeah, you can have him. Yeah. I will drive him to Phoenix. <laughs> you have to get a license first, but okay. I don't need a license to drive, Sean. I've never needed a license to drive, and I don't need a license to drive now. Okay, let's not incriminate yourself too much on the podcast. <laughs> um, okay, Lakers, Warriors, um, Lakers win in six. Um, what I'm gonna get? To, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, what the fuck am I saying? I'm trusting you with this question. <laughs> what are okay. you going to do as a war at the Warriors going into the the uh, off season? Is this Oof. 
That's tough. Is this that's the tough? They 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 definitely have a decision to make. Um, on the surface, to the casual observer, that decision might seem easy. Um, but it's not as easy as you as you might think. And the decision is what to do with Jordan Poole. Um, they they tried to do what I thought would be a good idea, which was the sort of you have your big three, your veterans, you have Clay, Draymond, and Steph. You have now all these young guys who you got with all these draft picks when you traded away Kevin Durant and D'Angelo Russell. You had Jordan Poole, James Weissman, Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, right? James Weissman is already gone. It was shown that he just, he didn't have what it took up here to mesh with that Warriors culture, um, to do the dirty work, to be basically Kevon Looney, but just better. Mm-hmm. Um, he just, it, it just wasn't in him. It just wasn't his game. But that's He's a, gone. That's a tough ax for a 19-year-old coming it in. It is. And go, hey, we don't need you to be a superstar. I know you're drafted number right. two, but we don't want you to be there. Right. We just need you to rebound, right. block shots, run the floor, set screens, and do dribble handoffs. Right. That's a that's a right. lot to ask for somebody who's getting when was they you know when you're envisioning getting drafted you're going to a terrible team where like you're going to get to have the you know there's no leash on you go out there learn play exactly. fail and then learn from your failures right. and then our year two you know bounce off of that you know stuff like that he didn't get that right so so the problem with having the three veterans who are great and who are still great along with these young guys who have high expectations of themselves is that you have to tell the young guys, okay, hold on. (laughs) Like we need you to wait, which is a tough ask, as you said. So now they've sort of realized that, okay, Steph is still great. Clay Thompson is sort of still coming back into his own from the injuries. Draymond's still Draymond. His game isn't really one that's super, you know, uh, uh, reliant on athleticism or youth or anything like that. So Draymond is still Draymond. How long are we actually going to have to have these young guys waiting around? Yeah. Right. So now you have, you've already shipped one of them out because they just weren't waiting. They weren't doing what you needed them to do. They always wanted to do more. Um, now you have Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole for a while was working out. He was the fit was fine, but he was coming off the bench. He was essentially replacing Steph, but now he's become a much bigger part of the offense, and it's gotten to the point where having Steph on the floor actually hurts Jordan Poole. There have been like plenty of people who pull up the stats. Jordan Poole is a completely different player when Steph is on the floor versus when he is not on the floor. So now you have this question of like, okay, well, do we just keep him around if we can't play him next to Steph? Or do we capitalize off of the fact that he's young? He does have amazing scoring ability. And he's not super injury prone. He's not like a Zion or, you know, like one of those type of guys who can't get on the floor. Like he's he's almost always available. Do we capitalize off of that and trade him? But doing that, obviously, you're sacrificing basically your entire future. 
because you've already lost Wiseman. You've already had to move on from him. Having to move on from Jordan Peele means like, okay, Jordan Poole, excuse me. Jordan Poole. Means that now, right. <laughs> having to move on from Jordan Poole means that, okay, now the whole like keeping the young guys on hand for like our future, that's pretty much just off the table. You're just going to continue to ride with Steph and Clay and Draymond and just keep getting guys around them that work with them. But it's the NBA. That's not going to work forever. Like these guys are eventually are going to start to slow down. And when that happens, you're going to wish you had guys like Jordan Poole and James Wiseman who could come in and just kind of have already all that experience with the team and with the system and just step right into that role. So yeah. you have the decision to make of like, do we do what's best for the guys we have right now? Or do we hold on to these players, these assets as essentially just an insurance policy for the inevitable future of Steph no longer being Steph. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> seeing Jordan Poole's struggles and seeing the money he got, um, Stephen A brought this point up, uh, how like arrogant he was, um, skipping yeah. press game, uh, conferences. And, um, there was a thing where like, Dre, uh, dream. I was trying to talk to him and like, he walks past Draymond and Steph Curry, of turned his ass around and was like, yo, no, go like, you know what I mean? Like he, like, what the fuck is you doing? He's trying to like help yeah. you. You're fucking struggling, dude. What the fuck are you doing? Like me didn't say yeah. that. Obviously Steph Curry's not going to say that, but like still like, and I, it, I'm sorry to cut you off, but that's also a huge part of it too, is the incident between Jordan and Draymond. Mm -hmm. Like I'm sure these guys are both like they're in the moment. They're in the, you know, like we have a playoff series to win, but at the same time, you can't think that, Jordan Poole at what 22 years old that he's forgotten about being punched in the face in practice yeah. <laughs> like he's not he's not moved on from that like this isn't like Michael Jordan and Steve Kerr when they were both like veterans in the league and like you know like it was just and not, right, not, well, not just it. not just punch bro bro got put to sleep and it was put and see that's the thing too the Steve Kerr MJ story was a story you had to either be there or they had to tell you or somebody who was there had to tell you. Or see Jordan Poole at halftime with a black guy. Right. But still, like, <laughs> they don't know what happened until it gets told, like, you know, the story gets told of what happened. But the Jordan Poole thing was all over the internet. Like, everybody was posting it all over the place. Your yeah. moms got involved. Like, it was, it was like a big thing. So this is like now his reputation. The idea of him having to still sit there and listen to Draymond and take advice from Draymond as a younger guy, like people forget he's been in the league for what, three, four years now, mm -hmm. but he's still a younger dude. Like he don't want to hear, he don't want to listen to Draymond. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and, uh, Stephen A said this. And when, like, once you see all of this stuff and it's like, you don't condone violence, but you kind of see what pushed Draymond to that point. Obviously nothing, you know, you should never hit somebody, you know, when words are involved and not that deep, unless you put your hands on me, I ain't touching you type shit. But, like, you just kind of see what kind of pushed Draymond over. Because, like, even for Draymond, that is, I mean, that's crazy to say because he fucking stumped on somebody's fucking ribcage. But, like, he, that's not him. You know what I mean? That's not, that's not him. He's, he's a, yeah. you know, he's more verbal. When, like, a player punches someone, like, just straight up walks up, GTA just fucking knocks somebody <laughs> under his ass. 
like they're you know it, it was it's to a point where like words can't express my fucking anger and you know mm-hmm. just fucking punch somebody so uh yeah they definitely have a decision with that um Draymond has a player option um you know uh so that I mean I don't think he's declining any money but then again this is Draymond Green who works for TNT who has his own podcast who doesn't you yeah. know he's going to get that money back in other ways um yeah converse he has a deal with converse like like you know what i mean if he takes less to go somewhere else i doubt it i do like i want to get back to where like we have like nba lifers where they one team their entire career you know what i mean rather yeah. than ring hunting you know going to places and, failing and not only that i feel like draymond is not the type of guy who can do that yeah like if you think about it, for Draymond's entire career, not just in the NBA, but even back in Michigan State, like he played for one of the best college coaches in the country, mm-hmm. right? And Tom Izzo, who put together a system that Draymond was able to learn and follow and use that to become one of the best players on that team. Draymond is very much a system player. He either needs the system to work for him and his skill set, or he needs time to learn it. I feel like if Draymond was to, for whatever reason, go to another team, we would immediately see Draymond's value or stock drop dramatically. Depending on the team. There's not many teams that are in a position to do anything that Draymond could fit on and be impactful, like, immediately. Um, There's really not a lot. That's true. But, like, I feel like if, say, Draymond, there's been talk that Draymond wanted to, like, play for Detroit, you know what I mean, during, you know, at some point in his career, he's uh, from Michigan, played in Michigan, he, yeah. at some point, like, his value would be shown there, not because of his play, but because of his leadership, and, like, if you're Detroit, you might sign Draymond just to, like, give the players, these young players, like, a guy in the locker room who's been there. Mm-hmm to, like, guide their careers, like, to put them in the mindsets, yeah. to do that stuff like that. So maybe that's the thing. But, like, ultimately, I do think he's going to end up back there. Um, but, see, so. but here's the problem with that. A lot of times when in that situation that you're talking about, it's probably better to come on as a coach, whether it's a player development coach or assistant coach or whatever, because what would he than be to come on as a coach on the floor. Player. Coach on the floor. But, see, that, but that's the problem because – like you said, his impact would be more in his voice than his play. Mm-hmm. I mean, like he's not going so, to Detroit and he's going to average twenty, but like, like a no, PJ no. Tucker in a, in a way. No, I get that. I get that. But the 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 Sixers already had so much other stuff that all they were missing was a guy like a PJ Tucker. There's no team. There's not. There's not very many teams that have what the Sixers had that are just needing a guy like a PJ or a Draymond. Like, that's the missing piece. Detroit needs a lot more than just a Draymond Green. Like, they need a lot more than that. Um, so, see, I would argue that, like, obviously not for a championship, but, like, for a playoff berth, I don't think Detroit is that far away from the play-in situation. Because think about yeah, it. Yeah, but, Jaylen but Dur- that's the thing. Is Draymond going somewhere to be competing for a play-in spot? Like, he might as well just stay... No. I liter- Warriors. I literally said I don't see him leaving, but like in a sense of him going there, obviously you sign there, you oh, know. Okay. You feel me? You know th- what you're getting into. 
You know what I mean? It's like the James Harden situation. Like, if you're going yeah. back to Houston, you know that, like, yo, they probably not going to be on shit unless they start trading all their young players. And, you know what I mean? You're 35, so they're not really going to start doing that shit for you. Um, but, like, exactly. in, a sen- in a sense, like, this this might be the guy who kind of, like, K got injured um, and they shut him down. Jaden Ivey showed some um, some light. They got James. Ooh, James Wiseman's there. I mean, they had no beef. He just didn't work out. Um, uh, like Jalen Duran, um, all these players, uh, Isaiah Stewart, like all the, all these players, Killian Hayes, that like kind of are individually talented. Draymond could be the one to mm-hmm. pull, you know, pull the reins and get them all together, and they could be like obviously your their ceiling is still not that high for the you know their ages, and you wouldn't expect it to be, but yeah. like that could you know prolong put to really jumpstart something special. And like to getting people to buy in, like Draymond as as a player, like there you know gets the respect, I think from like younger players and I mean probably not Julian Poole, but like from younger players, because like he's he has adjusted his game the way his game is. He's a Hall of Famer off of being a role player, like you know what I mean, like yeah. adapting his game, understanding who he is, and like a lot of players, you know, like look at Houston, they a lot of players don't understand who they are. Like, they don't understand who they are. Yeah. They just put on a jersey, they go out there and play, and who gives a fuck? Like, if you have a yeah. guy there who's been there, who's seen it, and can get you all together and understand, like, yo, listen, no matter how many points you score, no matter how many assists you get, how many you know, field goals you attempt, like, the, the the one thing that you need at the end of a game is a win. And, like, that guy could be, you know, something that starts something in Detroit. And also, they have another lottery pick. So like you know, I don't know. But obviously, I do see him going back to the Warriors. But he's definitely um a player that could go to somewhere, some place like that, especially Detroit, who where he's from. Michigan, where he's from. I'm sorry. It's it's just tough. Like that the whole like that whole thing is is one of those weird things that doesn't always work when the player is coming into an to a team that's already together. Like the reason why Udonis Haslam works so well on sorry, Miami man. is because he's been there for forever. Whereas, like, young, young players who are coming into the team is like, okay, this is UD. He's been for been here for forever. He's he literally the has most familiar with everything. He He's has every championship in Miami history. City, the coach, the GM. <laughs> yep, exactly. So, like, it. I, I don't know the Draymond thing. is like. You're coming into a team like they're already there. So the idea of you coming in and just like, all right, I'm going to take charge now. And it's just like, ah, I don't know if that goes over well with them, <laughs> even though they're younger guys. It's like Kay Cunningham's not just going to be like, all right, let's all listen to Draymond. <laughs> like, I don't know. Again, mm. it's a personality thing, but that those those types of situations tend to work better when the veteran guy has already been there. I don't know, man. Them young, them young team, that young, them young kids, gritty, bro. Saw how Isaiah Stewart was going at the LeBron. <laughs> Very Draymond's. Very Draymond's. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's hop over to the winner side. Um, the winner side, the Los Angeles Lakers uh, are going to the West, uh, the Western Conference Finals for the first time in front of an actual crowd since Kobe. Um, so this, this is going to definitely be electric. Um, 
And also, we're after we talk about the Lakers, we're going to get into the actual Western Conference Finals because they are set, actually. Um, but for the Lakers, it was very much a showing of the other guys. Because um, Anthony Davis, like it felt like every other game, mm-hmm. it was like he, he plays great. He plays like a role player. He plays great. He's non-existent. He plays great. And yeah. luckily for them, like, you know, they played six games, and on the sixth game, you know, he was <laughs> it was good. Like, and that was scares exactly. me. And that's, um, we're going to get into it, but that's the, that's the reason kind of have what, I'm going to say what I'm going to say about them later. But uh, Jared Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt um, uh, Malik Beasley didn't really play that much. Rui Hachimura, this entire playoffs has been fucking amazing. Um, Lonnie Walker literally yeah. won them a game. Like it just seemed like everybody yep. came together for this win. Came together for these wins, and uh, I don't know. Like, what, you, what do you think about this? This, this these Lakers going to the Western Conference Finals? I mean, that's that's kind of the that's kind of the story of the playoffs. It's 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 usually like that. Like by the time you get to Game Four or Five, you realize like, all right, we can't just keep putting the same lineup out there. We can't put keep putting in the same subs we got to mix things up like this team that we're playing has already seen this maybe a few times in the regular season four times now in the postseason we got to change things up we got to throw in a curveball and you know for teams like the Sixers it might be a Daniel House for teams like the Lakers it's a Lonnie Walker you know like just putting in somebody who's going to engender energy who's going to just be a different you know different look that guys aren't accustomed to to playing against like you don't know their tendencies you don't know what they want to do you don't know what they like you don't know which way to guard them maybe they weren't even really on the scouting report like you know you you have to mix things up and i think the lakers were in an interesting spot because a lot of their bench pieces are younger guys so they're very they're already like higher energy and the Warriors have some young guys, but for the most part, like a lot of their key players are guys who have kind of been here for a while. Yeah. Um, actually, that's not, I don't know if that's necessarily true. There are guys who have been here for a little while, but have sort of bounced around. Um, so uh, I don't know. I mean, the, the Lakers are an interesting spot because they sort of undid everything that they fucked up after winning the championship. Like, and you know, their young, their youth, uh, the, what little they had to get, you know, a guy like a Russell Westbrook. And they've just kind of been trying to recover from that ever since. And now it seems like they've finally sort of turned the corner and they've sort of regained that spirit that they had in 2020 when they won the championship. And the, the interesting thing too, is that we talked, we talked briefly before about the 2020 championship with the Lakers and like, sort of the reason why they won the way that they won with it being such a shortened season and having your two best players being guys who were one, one of them is older. The other one is pretty injury prone. And that shortened season gave them so much time to just kind of rest up, be physically ready. So by the time the bubble came, they were all good. Here we go. I'm back. Okay. Okay, cool. You were saying, yeah, Gary. Keith, can you hear me? Yeah, bro, I can hear you. You, you not hear me? What? I can hear you. 
I know I cut out. You can hear me now? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, but this the trade that they made or trades that they made during the deadline gave them back the youth that they were missing. So now they have that speed, they have that sort of quickness and and the energy that they just haven't had ever since they've won the championship. Um, and now I think you know it's hard to judge because those the trade deadline you know move so we haven't seen this Lakers team a whole lot this season the current form that it's in now but it's you can obviously argue that if they had been like this for the entire year they probably would have been a much much higher seed yes uh, 100% they definitely changed their their entire team and like when you do things like that when it's younger guys especially it's, it's very weird because you don't know the outcome versus, like, if you trade for veterans who, like, you know what you're going to get for them. Um, Rui Hachimura was definitely a shot in the dark, only really training Kendrick Nunn, and he's been literally at points your third best player um, in, in, in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I will say, one player that has to be mentioned, um, Austin fucking Reeves deserves – Yeah. Listen, Lakers – you found this guy. Do not let this motherfucker walk. Pay him. Pay yeah. him, bro. Don't don't fuck around. Don't do nothing, bro. Pay that man. Pay that man. Austin Reed, literally the Lakers Tyrese Maxey. Literally, bro. Literally. Austin Reeves is what Jordan Poole was supposed to be in this playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep it a buck. I mean, I mean. Couple hood. <laughs> Yeah, kind of, kind of, and it's like it seems like every team has a player. I like, can't argue that every team has a player like this. You know what I mean? Like that, that uh, not really one of you know a superstar, but like can light you the fuck up. Like it seems like a lot of the teams yeah. um have that, and like the final four, all of them have somewhat of that guy. Um, some better than others, but like they they all have some form of that guy. Um, fucking Boston has two of them, so it's like it. You know what I mean? It it, it just seems that yeah. way. Um, Boston has a few of them. They have a fucking few of them. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 they we have we, Malcolm Brogdon coming we, off the bench. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna get to that. We're gonna we're gonna get to that shit. Uh, but yeah, Lakers. Uh, yeah, Lakers win. Um, let's let's hop into the the last series that has not been. Um, deemed with a victor, and that is the Boston Celtics. But wait, but wait, but but hold on. Before we get into that, I do want to say real quick, as a Lakers fan, regardless of the outcome of this postseason, not me, I'm not saying I'm oh, a just Lakers, Lakers fan, fans in general. But I'm saying, right, for Lakers fans in general, you have to be happy about what you're seeing right now. Regardless of the outcome of this postseason. Bro, you was not supposed to be here. <laughs> You obviously you just won a championship in 2020. What? No, go ahead. My bad. What'd you say? No, you cut out for a little. No, bit. I was gonna say like Lakers fans, you have to be happy. Like you at the very least have some semblance of a future again. Very much so. All right, to to the next to to Boston versus Philly, the only um team. The only series that's still going from the second round. 
Um, yeah. Uh, game one. Now wait. Now wait. I want to say something because I don't know if this is going to be good luck or what. But the last podcast we did was right after a Sixers lost. It was. And we started our Sixers conversation just like this, <laughs> where we were like, <laughs> "All right, let's talk about the Sixers Celtics." <laughs> Just talk about it, bro. Um, game one, we shocked the world. Game James Harden shocked the world specifically. Yeah. yeah. Game two, when as expected, as expected. Yep. Game three, we worse kinda, than expected. Yeah, we we kind of wet the bed there. Game four and five, especially game four, we whooped their ass. We went to Boston and we whooped they ass. Yeah, beat them by what twelve? Yeah, twelve. We beat we beat them more more than that. Their their scrubs came in and they made it more respectable. But they they whooped their ass. Yeah. Like that game, that game was decided. Um, yeah. And then game five, close game, one. No, game five, close one. Barely got it. Skin in our teeth. Go up three two. Game six. Scores 83-81 for the fucking longest. <laughs> literally. Forever. Literally, they had to go get Tyrese Maxey, take points off the board, so Tyrese Maxey could shoot them again. <laughs> like, and put it back at 83-81. Put it back at 83-81. It's crazy how they did that. Obviously, we lost. We lost. It's cool. Whatever. But it's crazy how they could do that, but they couldn't take the goaltending that they put on that wasn't clearly not goaltending. They didn't take that off the board. Kind of crazy to me that they yeah. could do that, but they couldn't do that. But, like, you know, it would have ever. We lost. A loss is a loss. But it's just wild to me that you could literally go back some shit that happened four possessions ago and do that. But, like, oh, it's, it's what it is. Um, it, it's, it is what it is, but at the same time, it's like – so during the broadcast, one of the things that, you know, they go to their – officiating expert like during the broadcast up at Secaucus and he tells them like basically the breakdown of what the referees are seeing or what they're looking at what they're thinking and the word that there there was a phrase that he used that I wasn't happy about he said this is a correctable mistake and I was like every fucking call is correctable (laughs) like if you can do this for this call you can do it for any call. There's no reason why a call can't be corrected. If you can literally go back and take points off the board for a possession, for a, a thing, something that happened four possessions ago, and have a different shooter come up to get those points back at the free throw line, there's no reason why you can't correct any other mistake. Like, this wasn't even one of those, this wasn't even something that had to be reviewed. It's not like they needed to go back to the monitor and say, like, oh, wait, you know what? Actually, now I see it. Tyrese Maxey should be shooting free throws. Like, they didn't even need to do that. Like, every mistake is correctable. The problem is not everything is going to be reviewed, and that's on the NBA. Because they're trying so hard to make the game faster, less interruptions, less distractions. So because of that, you can't review as much. But then in the last few minutes of a game, everything everything is reviewable. Sean, we um like we said, we had we were stuck at eighty one at eighty three. We end the game with eighty six points. Yeah. 
Like, that should tell you a lot. Yeah. Jason Tatum, who couldn't buy a shot, magically became himself again. Um, hit two clutch threes, contested, uh, one heavily contested, um, three in a corner that didn't look like it had a chance, and then it just nothing but net. And um, and then another one where, like, Tyrese Maxey kind of leaves him open and then has to come yeah. back over and, and make a play. And I was I was talking like they like, bro like that it was there, you 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 were yeah. down sixteen, you came back, just to fucking like not care like it it, it just felt like it was like oh we were thinking about Eastern Conference Finals like it, it just felt like their head was in the stars and like they're thinking about the next thing without like taking care of business like they didn't take care of business. And that's what well, like frustrates. It felt, Go ahead. I was gonna say it felt like frustration. Yeah. Because out of nowhere, we just stopped getting calls. But then also there were instances where you could tell James was maybe looking for a call. I hate that. And he didn't get it. And it was like, okay, well, once that doesn't work the first time, stop doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's like you can't at this point, the Celtics are fighting for their lives. They're not gonna they're not taking it easy. If they're out and they're moving, the refs are running with them. They're not stopping the thing like, oh, maybe we should have called. Like, those those late whistles only happen in situations where after the foul, and the player there's kind of like a lull. Yeah, kinda, there's, there's like this lull in the game where like things kind of slow down for a second and the refs have enough time to say, okay, some time has passed, but not enough shit has happened for me to not be able to blow this whistle right now. Yeah. Whereas like in this game, this, uh, once James goes to the ground and he's looking up at the ref like, yo, what the fuck? The Celtics are already, they already have the ball and they're already like halfway down the other end. So the refs aren't thinking about, oh, James Harden's asking for a call. Maybe he got fouled. Maybe I should blow this whistle. Like all that, all that shit is dead. Like it's gone. It's over now. The moment is gone. Get up and get back on defense. And then with Joel, same thing, frustration, like frustrated with not getting the ball, frustrated with James Harden having these like lapses in judgment. Frustrated with guys' shots not falling. Like, Frustrated with Tobias Harris on plays that they've run for years, not being exactly. in the right position. You know, Frustrated I mean? with Jason Tatum now all of a sudden coming alive and hitting two threes in a row before that call timeout. Like, and it's just, it's what we've talked about it so many times before the fucking body language. Like, the body language looks terrible. Like, James is sitting there on the floor, still complaining about a call. Joel's got his head down. Like these are your two superstars. These are your two leaders, and, and the their body game language was is still terrible. In the balance, though, it's, it's exactly, like, and that's what frustrated a lot of people, and that's what frustrated me to like me being fucking pissed. It's like, yo, get a stop, make a shot, get a stop, make a shot, and there's a fucking one possession game. Like there's literally, like they're 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 over. You're over there, and they seeing this. They're seeing this. Yeah. You do that shit. That's blood in the fucking water for a shark. Like they see that shit. Let's run this shit up. Let's do this. Let's pass the ball around. Let's make them exactly. fucking forget plays. Let's let's do this. Like muck shit up. And then you and literally now, are giving them the game. And now you get Jason Tatum, who again sees that shit, along with the fact that their season is on the line. Thousand percent. At this point, they're in the same position as like the Heat. <laughs> where like the Heat were the eight seed going against the one seed. We don't got shit to lose. We're not even supposed to win. For the Celtics, they're like, well, Jason Tatum's having a terrible game. We're down to the middle of the fourth quarter. Not even in the middle, like towards the end of the fourth quarter. I think there was like five minutes left. No, three minutes left. And 
three minutes. Yeah, and and they're like, all right, well, fuck it, whatever. And Jason Tatum just starts think about chucking that. up, step back behind the back think, threes, and they're just like it. going in now. He misses those <laughs> shots. He misses those shots. They get rebounds. Sixers come down other 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 side, get a basket, or yeah. if Anthony Mountain hits any of his wide open fucking threes. He yep. is wide open for all five of his threes. Yep. All of them. Clank, 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 clank. If he, they, those are momentum shots. Those are the momentum yeah. shots. Those are the thing, the shots that changes the game, and he couldn't buy none of them. Maxi. Oh, go ahead. This is, this is, and part of the blame has to go on Doc as well, because why do you take George Niang out and put Melton in when Melton hasn't been hitting right. all night? Whereas Niang just hit, like Niang hit three. two, three, fourth quarter. A big three to take the, right. take the lead. Yeah. So, like, that's the thing that I hate about Doc's, rep, Doc's uh, they did substitutions start. and his rotations is he does it to mirror the other team. Play. If the other team makes a substitution, he's like, okay, I'm putting this guy in because that guy's coming in. But it's like, bro, your guy is hot. Mm-hmm. Just leave him in and let him ride it out until he's not hitting anymore. Now, I don't give a fuck what the other team is doing. We're up right now. Now, I what I I do understand that that point, and to to play devil advocate just like a little bit, they were attacking Niang. And but Niang was holding his own though. That's was, the thing. That was one of the rare occasions where he was actually not doing terrible on defense. He, he was holding his own, but they still were getting like good shots at the rim. They it was just literally them missing. You know what I mean? I'll take it. Versus like I'll Anthony. take it. Anthony Mountain, who like him and PJ Tucker are like on Jason Tatum, and they're like literally shutting him down. Like they were shutting him down to a point where you go, "Well, oh, here's Jason Tatum. He just hit a shot, put in Anthony Mountain." Whereas, like, I can understand it. Obviously, there's, there's in my not- opinion, in my opinion, the change you make isn't put in Anthony Mountain. It's keep PJ Tucker on Jason Tatum. Yeah. But they were getting that's switches. The, that's they, the change you make. They would, they would, they would, they would switch. You know, the Sixers on the perimeter, they kind of switch everything. Um, Don't and, do that. Go back to a zone, if anything. Like you've been switching back and forth between zone and man to man all series, and it's been working. Just throwing the different looks at them. That's usually when we get our runs. Is when you just switch it up. So it's like instead of switching the player, go to a zone. Yeah. <laughs> and and that was. It, it it just it was definitely demoralizing. Just like watching this shit and then going, here we go again. Here's yeah. the collapse. Here's the, the 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 fucking mental collapse that happens every year. And especially because that's a Boston thing. That's typically this year in these playoffs, late game collapses. That's been a Boston thing, not a Philly thing. Yeah, we are the team that statistically throughout this season has actually done well in closing out close games. 100%. Boston has done terrible. Boston has done terrible at closing out close games. So the fact that they were able to, and again, season on the line, you're down to everything end of the fourth quarter. Desperation, bro. They were the more desperate. Yeah, team. like you're desperate as fuck. So like it, it makes sense that they were to just like start fuck, like just fuck it, like just balls to the wall. We just gonna muck it up. And it, and it worked for Jason. Him. Jason just just shoot it, like whatever, and it worked. And it worked. But but this is the whole thing. Know. For game seven tomorrow, um, when this when this is uh, we're recording this, uh, the day the day before, um, so yeah, Saturday. So when this comes out, it will be game day. Um, so technically today, 
Um, <laughs> they play at three thirty. This is going to be out way before three thirty. I think it's coming out like nine o'clock. I think I normally schedule it in, uh, early in the morning. Um, for for th- there's there's a lot depending on both sides. On both sides of this, there's a lot on the line for Boston and for us. Um, for Boston, if they lose this game, Jalen Brown starts to, you know, hey, I get the bag. You know what I mean? I get the bag, and right. I can really get the bag from anybody. Um, I would prefer to stay here and get the bag, but there has been problems with him in and, and Boston. There's been problems with him, you know, just like just in the city. Like, you know what I mean? He feels like he's always second fiddle. And maybe he feels like he's – like not to say Kyrie, but like in a sense where like the, he, he's in a winning situation, but he might want to go somewhere else where he is yeah. the guy. And then on the other yeah. side, the Sixers, where as though James Harden is a free agent. There's always there's talk about James Harden wanting to go back to Houston. You got um, George Yang, who's a free agent. And the deeper you get into the playoffs, the more people have eyes on people, the more they're willing yeah. to pay people. Um, obviously, you know, you got De'Anthony Mountain, all those people, they're on contracts for a little while. Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey's up for a, a contract this season, um, this uh, this yeah, offseason. But, you're, I mean, you're not times out of ten going to give him because if push come to shove, oh, yeah. he's the guy that you build around um, for yeah. the foreseeable future or, like, one of your stepping stools in, in, the, in the foreseeable uh, future. Um, so, yeah. like, there's just a lot on the line for both teams. And, like, in 48 minutes could determine a lot for each side. And um, just let me know, like, how you, how you, you know what I mean? How you feel about this? I, I would say I think there's more on the line for the Sixers than the Celtics. 100%. Uh, the Celtics at least were just in the finals last year. They have the same group. Um, I don't think they have any big free agents besides Jalen Brown. Who Who um, is not even technically a free agent. He does have a contract for next yeah. year, but he could just want right. out. Like, he could want out. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, this is the last year, I think. Or yes. next year will be his last year. Next year will be his last year. So he'll be up for an extension. So obviously, if he turns down an extension, but you know how Boston, but you know how Boston works, bro. Like if they can't get you to sign a contract, they 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 will they look trade to you. trade you. Yeah, we saw that yeah. with you know yeah. not not necessarily, but like Isaiah Thomas, where he got the injury, and then they were yeah. just like, all right, well, Kyrie, you know what I mean? Like we've we've seen it time yep. and time before. Like, listen, if you can't commit, then we gotta we gotta get something for you because we can't let you walk. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you know that that's a situation that they come into, definitely. Um, the the only thing that the only thing that I think has a big um, impact on Boston's offseason is the if they lose the way that they lose, because this for this series in particular, Jalen Brown has really kind of been the guy, 100%, but bro. he does not he does not shoot in the fourth quarter. He does not shoot at the end of games, and you know one of the things that the guys on TNT, uh, Shaq, you know, Charles and Kenny, one of the things that they brought up is that in the NBA, there's this tendency that you have a one and a two, right? Mm-hmm. You have the one, the guy who's basically the guy, and then the two, which is the guy who's the guy when one isn't being a one. Mm-hmm. The problem is when you get to late game situations, no matter what team you're on, no matter how old you are, no matter what the situation is, the general assumption is that the one is getting the ball so for boston 
because Jason Tatum hasn't actually been very good in most of these games, especially early, and Jalen Brown has been carrying a lot of the scoring load for majority of the game, the fact that they've continuously gone to Jason Tatum at the end of these games, and he, for the most part, hasn't delivered. Mm -hmm. If I'm Marcus Smart, I mean, if I'm uh, Jalen Brown, next season I'm thinking like, okay, I, I maybe don't want to leave, but I am the one now, right? <laughs> right. Because it's happening. Like, we know finals. that now, right? Like, he, I'm they, the one. <laughs> he did this in the finals where, like, Jalen Brown exactly. was there and Jason Tatum fade, fade away. And a lot of Boston right. fans, they were like, yo, when Kevin Durant was up for grabs, we wouldn't mind saying Jason Tatum. Like, you know what I mean? And, and right. it's crazy to think because Jason Tatum is the face. Like, he's, you know what I mean? He's the exactly. face. And, and it's like, and well, you for, see what they're talking about. Like, exactly. It's like, if I'm Jalen Brown, I'm like, okay, we all know that I'm the one now, right? So if you come back and they're still like, Jason Tatum's the face of this franchise. Jason Tatum is the one. You're the two. And the game, Jason probably getting the ball. It's like, bro, how much more do I have to show you that, like, I'm the guy? <laughs> like, how many more times do I have to show you this? So if I'm if I'm Jalen Brown, that's, like, the biggest impact. If they lose tomorrow and Jason Tatum has another terrible game and he does not manage to turn it on in the fourth quarter the way he did last game, if I'm Jalen Brown, that's my main case for either more money, a bigger role, or move me. Like, that's it. So, uh, Sean, I have prepared myself for a loss. Like, okay. I have mentally started preparing myself for a loss um, just because I, like, it's been six years of this shit. Whereas yeah. though you get your high horse, you, you think that you can and you lose. And like yeah. as as it sucks because as as a fan you want your team and I do want them to win. But like you, you have to like protect yourself in a way. Like when you're a diehard fan, yeah. like you kinda have to protect yourself. Because like listen, like lit literally, like you've seen like at work them losing or winning affects me a lot. Like my whole like oh, day, yeah. like my whole day would be fucked up if they if they lose. And it's crazy that to think that. But like, not only you, but it affects like even when we have our huddles. Like people are like go Sixers, go Eagles, go Phillies. Like pe like it, Philly Philly in general is like yeah, it affects us all. Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> like you can feel the vibe in the city. Yeah, and when like, you, after a big win or a big loss, when when you a diehard bro, like you you care. And when you go from your best players being fucking Henry Sims and Brandon Davies, fucking Alexis Fed, yeah. fucking Luke Mabai Mute, to having a, a MVP again, to seeing that Tony shit. Tony Roten. Yeah, Tony Roten's, the Robert Covington's, the TJ McConnell's, the fucking JaVel McGee's for a week. Like, you know, like. Michael Carter Williams. Michael Carter. Like, when you. Nick Young. When you see these players come, come and go, and, like, I fell victim to this when I first started, but, like. You fall. I fell in love with a team that was a ten-win team. Like I mm -hmm. saw, like these players compete, knowing they were going to lose, but gave everything. Like I seen a ten-win team go out there and literally, uh, the Golden State Warriors, who had the best record in the NBA, had to have a Harrison Barnes three to escape a ten-win team. Like I seen this yeah. shit. And when you finally get the pieces and you finally start growing and the finally the talent is starting to come in and you start to see this shit, 
you know, year after year get better. Um, the first year we made the playoffs, we were supposed to be like the seventh seed. We were end up being the third seed. Like, you know what I mean? Like when you start yeah. to see the success and it the success ends the same way, it's like dog every like, single time. Every single time. Not only every time, but the same teams. Yeah, same teams like, in even the same we, ways. Yeah, we've lost to Boston in the playoffs in the Joel Embiid era era twice now. This yeah. will be the third time. We've lost to Miami once. We beat Miami once, but we lost to Miami once. If we make it to the conference finals and we lose, that will be losing to Miami the second time in the Joel Embiid era. So, like, the fact that it's the same, even Toronto, we played Toronto in the Joel Embiid era twice. One time we won, one time we lost on a four-bounce shot that ended up killing our entire season. Like, it's always the same. It's the same way or it's the same teams. Yeah, and, and that's what's the most frustrating and, is and that we if, if we lose to Boston, Boston will be the only team that we faced more than once in the playoffs that we have not beaten at least once. This has definitely been the most competitive we've been against Boston by a lot, <laughs> by more than one game. Because before we mm-hmm. couldn't, yep. we had, and the for, and the two times we played Boston, we won once. So like, you know what I mean? We've improved, yeah. yay. But like in the in the same <laughs> in the same sense, but like listen, I've prepared myself for a loss just because, like mental health wise, like I it it just mentally fucks me up when we lose, especially in in ways where like we we should have had this done, like we should have went into Game Six with the desperation of we've never done this before, we've never seen this before, let's do this shit. Let's play hard. Let's limit turnovers, even on turnovers. Let's get it back. Yeah. Like, just the mental of it's there. Like, it's there. We're at home, and it's yeah. there. The opportunity to change your history is there, and you just didn't take it. And yeah. and, and that that's what, like, kind of drives us crazy, where it's like, it's not like y'all were going back. Like, the Toronto shit. Like, Toronto, that shit hurt. But it was like yeah. – that shit could have gone either way. Like that, like every yeah. game was either a blowout or a very close game that could have went either, either way. Yeah. And, and when you come to that last shot and bounces four times and I die every time they show it, like literally even now I cringe when, when I see it and you go, if that shit yeah. don't fall, Toronto has to know that they're going to fucking lose. Like they're they, like the Sixers came back. Jimmy made some crazy plays. And you do, we definitely yeah. think that we would win that game. And literally. Right. We would have had the, all the momentum going into overtime. Fred Van Vliet was like, literally, he's like, he, like, they, they would talk about it with JJ. Like, he, y'all would probably won. <laughs> y'all would have, like, because they were, yeah. they would have been so, like, drained mm-hmm. that the Sixers were, had just found that second gear. And yeah. they would, they would have lost it. But listen, could have, would have, should have. This right now, I so- think the, I think the thing that scares me the most about the Sixers, and I hate to say this as a fan, and I know most people don't want to say, I feel like their best opportunity has passed. That that when that team with Joel, JJ, and Jimmy, that was literally the most complimentary group that you could have, with the exception of Ben Simmons, mm-hmm. but. To have Tobias Harris, Jimmy Butler, J.J. Redick, Joel Embiid on the same team together. 
that was that was the most complimentary group. If you took today's James Harden and not even James Harden, if, even if you took Maxi and put him on that team in place of Ben Simmons, we probably end up winning the championship. 100%. Like pr- like pretty easily. Assuming so, that everything happens the way it happened for the Toronto Raptors. Right. Right. Well, no, not even. I mean, yeah, yeah, with the injuries. Yeah. I mean, even if just, even if just, even if just Clay goes down, I would still say we had a chance. Like that was literally one of the most talented teams that we've ever had. Like I'm going, I'm talking about going back to like the '80s. Like of guys in their prime, Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris. The only person who you could say was past their prime was JJ Redick, and even then, that barely mattered because JJ was just a shooter. So like, like the personalities, the toughness, it was all there, but we didn't have the coach. Now we have what some people might say is, you know, the, the much better coach. But at the same time, the personalities aren't necessarily the same. Like having PJ is great, but James isn't Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Like, Tyrese isn't JJ. Like, none of these guys are going to go and get in Joel's face. I mean, especially, I mean, James might, but not in the same way. You know what I mean? Like, we've seen the clips, the Jimmy mic'd up. Jay, Joel, shoot the ball. Like, that's why you shoot it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we don't have much of that on this team right now. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I hate to say it, but Jimmy Butler might have been Joel Embiid's perfect teammate. And we let him go. And... Everything that happened since I'm kind, I keep going back to just like we really shouldn't have been in this position to begin with. Like we, we really probably should have a championship by now, for sure. Or like, and it sucks because like we're talking about it. Like the way the mood I have is like, like last game was game seven. Like that's how it felt to me. Like it's over. Yeah, like it's yeah. over. Like that's how it felt to me. And I went to sleep, and I woke up, and I felt like I'm like, damn, dog, I don't, whatever, you know what I mean? And and it's like, bro, still, is this still another game? And like that, yeah. that that is like kind of mentally, mentally, like, like it's kind of fucking me up a little bit because like I feel like yeah. we're done, but it's like, oh shit, we play tomorrow, like you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and and we have a the, chance. The only caveat is I do expect tomorrow to be a ge- a big game for Joel. A hundred percent. Um, but with the exception of that, I mean, I don't know who else is going to step up. I wouldn't be surprised if Joel goes for 50. Right. But would that matter? Because remember, we played Boston earlier in the season and Joel went for 50 and we lost. I I think, I think it does matter because for Joel to get the 50, that means somebody else is hitting these shots and they are forced to guard him one, one one-on-one. Yeah. And yeah. Or, or they're able to get either Robert Williams or Al Horford out of the game early. Because what's been fucking us up is this double big lineup. Mm-hmm. This double big where lineup where they start out. And they have uh, Robert Williams roaming. Yeah, exactly. 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 That's what's been killing us. If we find a way to get one of them into foul trouble and get them out of the game, like, if we can do that, I think that would change the tide for the entire series, regardless of whether Jason Tatum does well or not. Because either way, Tatum's not guarding Embiid. So, even if Tatum goes off, if B goes off, those points kind of cancel out. So, if you can if you can get rid of one of those guys, 
then that changes things completely. Listen, in order for us to win this game, James Harden, it's, it's best, worst, best. Best, worst, best. Best, we have a game seven. <laughs> worst, it's yeah. in best, it's in Boston. Best, we've beaten yeah. Boston twice in their home. And yeah. It's like both teams only won at home once. Yeah. The the only thing, though, one of the things that, besides the double big lineup, the thing that's also kind of scaring me, this is the first time where we're coming into a game where Jason Tatum has had a great fourth quarter in the previous game. So does that momentum carry into the next game? And you know what scares me? Like, it just scares me. I don't know what it scares, why it scares me. Al Horford. Al Horford has not oh, hit yeah. a three. And it just seems like this is the game where, He's like, due for one. Right? <laughs> it yeah. just seems like yeah. this is the game where, like, Al Horford goes for, like, fucking 30. And it's like, fuck, dude. Um, Marcus Smart yeah. was very big in game six. Very, very big in game six. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, this is the thing. We got a chance. Like that game seven is still here, it's still on its yeah. way, and we have it. This 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 could be our best chance. This yeah. this and this in the is, past, the games, the series that we've done that we played that have gone to seven games, they've been competitive game sevens. So I'm not worried about us getting blown out, but at the same time, what does it matter if you still end up losing? For Joel Embiid, I'm gonna say this, and I guess we could wrap it up. For Joel Embiid, oh, um, yeah, well, I mean, I'm going to say this, and then I'll say the next part. For Joel Embiid, this is, is, this, this is the thing that can shut motherfuckers up. This can oh, be yeah, the about game. Oh, yeah, the MVP thing, yeah. This is the game where you have to control that shit. This is the game yeah. where you have to be the best player on the floor. You have to be the best player by far. This is the, this is the legacy game. This this yep. is we can't have another thing with like Joel didn't get the ball. Joel can can shoot the ball. Like no, Joel Embiid has to go for forty plus. Like he has to. Yeah. Like anything less, and we win. I'll be fucking mind boggled. But like he has. He has to, to be. He has to be what what he has to do. What KD did to the Bucks. I mean, from opening they, yeah, they tip. They won the championship. I mean, from opening tip, putting motherfuckers through the basket. Stop lingering at the three point line. Yeah. Like like unless you made. Unless you like fucking five for five, then okay. If you want to attempt a three, go ahead. You're not t- stop fucking taking your first shot should never be a three. You're giving them what yeah. they want. You're literally giving them what they want. And you haven't been a great three point shooter all year. Even for your standards, has not been good all yeah. year. Like I mean, this is the game where Joel Embiid says, "I'm fucking MVP. I'm 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 the yeah. guy." Like this this is the game where like people look back. Championship or not, they look back and they go, remember when Joel Embiid went off in that game seven? Game seven yeah. in Boston, they needed – he went, went for some a certain number of points, and they needed every fucking point to win. Like, this is this is the yeah. game that, like, you look back from fucking ten years from now going, listen, Joel Embiid, that, that game, that game was the reason we did this. This game was the reason yeah. this player wanted to come to us. This game, like, this this – the only game on. 
The only game on. It's the only game on. Yep. The world is watching you. You got you you. I am fully expecting nothing less than forty. Nothing less. Anything yeah. less is a failure, unless you win. But I don't think you win without that. You're at you're in in yeah. in an environment. You're against a team that has taken you out twice before. This yo. Like, control the game. Um, and at some point, you have to say enough is enough. Because yes. even Embiid himself, when they asked, like, about the rivalry between the Celtics and the Sixers, he was like, I don't think it's a rivalry. They've always beaten us. This is the point where you say, okay, enough is enough. Listen. Listen. A lot is riding on this. And, listen, he, he got it. Like, he... Yeah. This is this is the statement. This is the statement. And games like this, if you go out there and you show your ass, games like this makes players play harder, make makes guys yeah. go harder for you because now it's like, oh shit, he just won us this game. We can't let him down no more. We can't the rest of their way, we have to take this shit completely serious. And for the Sixers, they could need this. Like this is a game that 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 like they can look back at and like this could have been the turning point. For something special, yeah. it starts tomorrow. Um, technically today when this comes out, and I, 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 I need it. I, I need him to just do it, man. Because the thing, and this, and this kind of goes back, unfortunately, to the whole, can you play through a center thing? And like, obviously, Jokic is a center, but he's a different kind of center, so it's, mm -hmm. it's, it looks different, and that's why a lot of people think, seem to think that Jokic is better than Embiid. But when you look at guys like Kevin Durant and you know, Kawhi Leonard, like guys who have just carried teams in the playoffs. Typically, they've been perimeter players, like forwards or guards. And for Joel, this is the moment where it's like, bro, if you get a rebound, take take that shit up the floor yourself. Mm -hmm. Like we've seen games where Joel Embiid has gotten rebounds and brought the ball up himself, and it's worked out perfectly fine. He's capable of it. Like, yes, it's okay. It's important to have a game plan. It's important to go out and execute. But at the same time, at some point, you have to be like, all right, I'm him. Like, I'm the best player on the floor right now. Why, what's the point of me passing it off just so I can run up and try and get position, and then they don't pass the ball? So it's like, at some point, you got to have that sort of takeover mentality where it's like, I'm the best player on the floor right now. There's no reason for me to not shoot the ball when I get it. If I have one-on-one -on -one coverage, or if, even if I'm getting double, if I'm getting double by Al Horford and fucking, uh, I don't know, Marcus Smart, I'm probably still gonna try and shoot that ball. <laughs> like, right. I don't, I don't care. Like, it's 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 basically just one and a half guys guarding guarding me right now. I'm still gonna try and score that ball, depending on where I am on the floor. If I'm close enough to the basket, I can still shoot over both of them. And the next guy. So, the next guy I'm asking to step up, because I think Tobias Maxie, Harris, Tobias fucking Harris, yep. Tobias Harris has to have the input in this game. He can't go two points. He can't. He can't go fucking ten points or fuck from like three of fifteen. Like he can't. Like Tobias, listen. If there was any way to shut people up about your contract, yeah. it is right now. It is this like this moment like this, the, for a lot of these guys, this is the opportunity 
that you, you unfortunately have been blessed with. This is yeah. an unfortunate blessing for a lot of guys. Whereas, though, show yourself, surprise yourself. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Go out there, give 110, because literally, win or go home. And though I have prepared yeah. myself for a loss, we are very capable of winning. And Absolutely. This, this, we need this. And uh, on my next point that I was on to forget, uh, I was about to forget, but like uh, I just remembered. Um, all NBA has came out. Um, all defensive came out, and all rookie has came out, and we still have our thing, our uh preseason um, our game. Um, when we have oh selected. yes, yes. So next episode, I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it back, and I'm gonna write down both of our teams. Um. And so, like, you don't have, you know me. So we just, you know me, go yeah. off of that. Um, all next, the awards are out. All the All NBA is out. Everything I mean, is out. Technically, technically, we could do that before, um, before next episode because it probably won't be that long. It's literally us going through our shit and saying who the winner is. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, we probably could do that before. If anything, honestly, we could do it tomorrow. Cause I think you're off. I get off like a little later. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'll just I'll just listen through it and uh, write both of our teams down. Um, but yeah, um, Sean. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was another episode. What are we on? Thirty one. This is thirty one. Thirty one. Thirty one episodes of the Untitled Hoops podcast. Thank you for rolling with us. Thank you for for you know, going on this journey with us, if you are, you know, one of the people that's been listening from the beginning, or if you are someone who maybe caught up, you know, a couple of weeks ago or whatever, and you just went and listened to some of the other episodes. Uh, thank you for following on this journey with us. If you're new, if this is your first time here, thank you for listening. Uh, once again, make sure to hit that like button, hit the subscribe, uh, hit the notification bell. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're watching on or uh, listening on Google podcasts or Spotify or Apple podcasts, Add us to your favorites. Follow us. Um, make sure to follow us on the socials as well. Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we're not on there a whole lot, but we are on there. It's a great way to reach out, communicate with us. If you have any ideas for topics or anything like that, we do take those into consideration. Um, and then last but not least, make sure to go to the website if you want to see not just these episodes. You can listen or watch, but you can also see some of the older uh, and other episodes of some of the other podcasts that we've had. Uh, along the way and you can check out the store see some of the merch i got some of that merch on right now you see this cool uh black flag t-shirts black flag online. black flag merch low light merch everything we're adding more stuff to the store not the push doc t-shirts those coming off apparently we can probably be sued for it uh, that's what lawyer has told us but uh but yeah um hope you enjoyed and we'll see you next week no, no push doc. No push doc. No push doc. Also, no. uh, before we end, congratulations to Andre Iguodala, who officially retires from the NBA. Yeah. 